Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather. I hope you're all doing well today. Now, whether this is your first time tuning in or you've listened to all the episodes so far, thank you so much for being here and being part of this community. Today's episode is a bit on the longer side. It's one I recorded with my good friend and co-host Marcin. And if you guys have heard any of the episodes we recorded together, you know that we struggle to keep things brief. And this topic in particular of creating an immersive environment is one that we are both passionate about and one we're trying to implement into our own lives. So we had a lot to say. Now, while I have your attention, I just want to mention that this is the last episode of season two, and I'll be taking a break for the summer from publishing. But don't worry, we'll be back with more episodes in the fall. So I wish everybody a wonderful and restful summer with lots of family time and time with those that you love. And please enjoy this long episode. Take it in small doses, pause us whenever you need to, or go out on a walk, go do the dishes, uh, just sit down and have a rest with a cup of coffee or tea, do whatever it is that you do while listening to podcasts. But I hope that you enjoy this episode and we'll be back with more episodes in the fall. Take care, everyone. Welcome everyone to the Future is Bilingual podcast. I'm very happy to be back with Marcin, my co-host. Hi, Marcin. Hi, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Um, things are going quite well. I'm excited to be back. It's been quite a while, uh, yeah. but there's been a lot of uh, interesting uh, episodes in the meantime. So, Well, thank you. <laughs> but I have missed recording. Yes. Not the same doing things by myself, but yeah, there have been a couple of interviews that have been really fun and good. So today we want to talk to you about immersion. And this has been on my list and our list for a while, but uh, things have gotten a little crazy. So we're going to talk about what is immersion, why is it important, and then give you some really concrete ideas of things that you can do to create a more immersive environment, either for you yourself as a language learner or uh, for your kids and yourself if you are a parent. And finally, we're going to wrap up the episode with a, a day of immersion for each of us. So I'm obviously a parent. Um, if this is your first time tuning in. My name is Heather, and I have two young kids who are two and a half and almost four. So I will be talking about it from the perspective of a parent raising multilingual kids. And um, I do not have kids, uh, and uh, but I am learning um, another language currently. And I will be talking about immersion from the perspective of someone learning uh, a language. So first question is, what is immersion? What is language immersion? And if you look it up on the internet, you'll get lots of sites, promotional sites that are uh, telling you to go abroad and come join our immersion program. There's even ones where you don't have to go abroad. They'll just create this immersion bubble for you. Um, you even have to sign a contract that you're not going to speak your native language. There's all sorts of immersion tactics, but we're going to just take it back a little bit. You know, what can you do in your own home without having to go anywhere or spend any money? Uh, so for me, I always think about immersion just as being completely immersed, completely surrounded by the language um, from the things that you're ingesting, things that you're reading, listening to, but even just down to what the way you're thinking, the language you're thinking in, the language you're speaking in. Um, so kind of just everything that you're doing during your day, being in that language. And for me, the the key uh, here is the engagement, uh, as you say. You know, it's not just that you, um, you know, turn on the radio in your target language and it's in the background and you will magically pick it up. Like this mm -hmm. has to be um, an active engagement that you are um, really dedicated to uh, and that you 
do all the activities that you that you need to do to um, to get as much out of that immersion as as you can. That is a really good point. And I know there are people that go abroad thinking they're going to go abroad for a semester and come back fluent. And they end up going abroad, meeting a whole bunch of other Americans speaking English most of the time and not coming back fluent. So it's kind of that same idea that if just because you're surrounded by it, just because you're living in the country, if you're not making an active effort to learn the language and practice it and use it, it's not just going to yeah, magically seep in. Yeah. And that, um, I know you mentioned this later on, but that um, with children, we often say that children just magically soak up language, but that's really not true. Anyone that has kids has seen how much effort they put into just even listening the way that they focus on you from like little babies, you know, upward and they're babbling and then they start speaking and they're doing a lot of effort. I don't think it's just this magical thing that just comes like just by being immersed in the, the language. Yeah. And, and yeah, this has to be, this has to be an engagement and the, and the, the little kids, you know, you, you might think to yourself, like, look at that toddler and they know my target language better, but it's their native <laughs> language they hear 24 seven and everyone that they engage with, they engage with in that language. And are you doing the same? Like, probably not. You might be listening to the language, but are you actually speaking it? And, right. um, and you have some advantages that the, 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 um, the toddler or the, you know, the, the little child doesn't like you have possibly years of uh, schooling experience so you have you know how to engage with textbooks and you know how to you know make notes and uh, create yeah. strategies and study plans that the kid doesn't they just kind of figure it out as they go right uh, and even just having the concept in your mind of just different tenses different things like that it's much easier to just be able to switch and say okay this is how it's done in this yeah. language because you already have your native tongue but kids they're learning it for the first time and yeah, I also think there's so many things we could go into a, a whole uh, deep dive here, but like how they're not afraid to make mistakes. They're trying all the time. Um, you know, they're just, I feel like they're speaking a lot more than most adults when we're learning a language, myself included. And, you know, I love learning languages, but it's very easy to just absorb, absorb, listen, you know, watch, but not speak. So I think we're going to talk about that today because that is a very important part. Getting yeah, back to your point of active. Yeah, and so, I'm yeah. definitely guilty of that. So it's yeah, it's easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. Oh yeah. We have to force ourselves out of it. And if you're, I'm very outgoing, but if you're more of an introvert, it's even harder. So. Yeah, then you'll you'll be an amazing reader, perhaps, but not maybe a good speaker. Yes, I am struggling with that right now with Italian. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other point. Okay, so our second question, our second point is why is immersion important? And I really just think it's important because I've seen it work. I've had it work for myself. And I think it just, there's two big main reasons why it's so important. It's because if you're immersed, you're going to increase your amount of exposure exponentially. If you're just learning a language, maybe at school or on your own, you might only engage with it for, I don't know, an hour a day, maybe even less, depending on what you're doing and how much you're doing. Uh, and if you start immersing yourself, it's going to suddenly seep into all these parts of your day where you were just using your native language. Um, so I think getting that exposure is the first step. You can't really speak until you've heard enough of the language. Mm -hmm. um, and the second is that it creates a need. So here we're going to create it for ourselves. 
um, if you were living in the country and doing like a natural immersion of being in the country, you would have that, that need where you have to speak the language because people aren't gonna understand your native tongue. Now, this is obviously harder for you know, anyone whose native language is English because you can travel now and pretty much anyone can speak to you in English unless you go out to the maybe some smaller towns. But um, in this case, we're gonna just create that need for ourselves where I need to use this language. I need to maybe speak it. We're gonna create these artificial needs um, or maybe real needs. If we're gonna talk about, you know, with children, you wanna create that need for them to speak it to you. Yeah, and I, and I think of how I speak two languages at a similar level, um, fluently or at a native mm -hmm. level, if, if you want. And um, I learned both of those through immersion. Um, I tried, well, I, I had, I think about three years of uh, English lessons and I came over knowing numbers and that's about it. Um, so, so yeah, immersion was what got me to speak English within a year and then yeah. fluently within a couple of years and then at a native level after a couple mm -hmm. more years. So yeah, you could say the same for French. You know, I was studying it from middle school, like from age 11 on. And I didn't feel like I really got fluent until I moved there at, how old was I? Like 21, <laughs> however oh, yeah. old I was. You know, it, it, I feel like you do have to be immersed in it somehow uh, to really just engage with it as much as you need to and to, to have as much exposure and need to speak it and all of that, that good stuff. But like we said, moving to a country does not mean you're going to become fluent. So it's really yeah. a choice. It's an active engagement on your part, like you were saying. Right. Yeah, it is a choice. And um, it's, it's really quite something when you, um, when you do make that commitment. And, and it is the, it's important to make sure that you have reasons to do it, you know, because if you're just um, learning it on an academic level, just, just through, through that approach, um, it's very hard to keep up that motivation, but once you start to, you know, listen to or you know read books or listen to podcasts or or audiobooks or mm -hmm. watching your favorite shows in the target language, all of a sudden you're you're having a lot more fun, and it it's not, you know, you're still picking up a lot, but it's a lot less. Uh, it, it feels a lot less like a chore. Uh, you know, yeah, when, that's such a good point. It's, it's hard, yeah, but. And just kind of getting away from that that textbook classroom model of learning languages and you know bringing it into what we're already doing if we're already on social media you know start following accounts that are in that language if you love music start listening to more music if you're you know a fan of movies you know um you can do so much in your target language and i think it's just it's finding all the resources that maybe is a challenge because we it's just you're you're surrounded by ones that are in your your native language. So it's much easier, you know, of all the stuff um, and you're not necessarily being told, like I would have to go search uh, for some TV shows in Polish or movies or things. It's, it's not in my face here in the United States. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And listening to music was a big one for me because if you're basically, if you're from a non-English speaking country, you listen to a lot of music in a language you don't necessarily speak. And so, so to to us, you know, quote unquote, like these um, non-English natives, it's such a norm. Um, and then I, when I 
met people who only listen to music in English. That was shocking. It's like, why would you limit yourself like that? Mm-hmm. Like, and especially since, you know, I, I listen to music in so many languages that I don't speak. Like it's never, it never even crossed my mind to question that until people would ask me why I listen to music in a language I don't speak. And, and it was yeah. just kind of like, I couldn't answer that because it's such an obvious thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Like it well, I matter. think I think there are two types of people: those that listen to the music and the rhythm, and those that listen to the lyrics. Maybe more. So, maybe some of those people. I I actually listen to the the lyrics more than I listen to the music. But I'm also not very musical, so I think that's why. I don't know. You ignore the music. <laughs> I ignore it. I don't yeah, obviously yeah. ignore it because you can't ignore it. But I think. I pay attention to the text and what they're saying. Sure. But like the the, the music also communicates that. Of course. Yeah, no, you can't really have a song without music. And the amount of instrumental music that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. Stories. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's get into all the different ways that we can either immerse ourselves or our children if we're trying to pass on uh, a language or languages to our children. So the first that I put is listen to music, listen to the radio, listen to CDs, if you still have those. Uh, What else can we listen to? Spotify, you know, I don't even know what else is uh, on there, but listen to something. Whatever your um, medium of choices or like the provider of choices. Um, And all of it is, um, what's great about that is that you, you get to hear what people in in the countries of your target language listen to and you get to um, get to listen to it on repeat so you, you can pick up things that you didn't pick up before you can pick up mm-hmm. the next the following times um, and and you learn important not important but like you you'll learn phrases that are expressions more than um, than you might from other from other um, places like from books or from yeah. people in your classroom like you'll That's pick up expressions point. left and right that you can throw into conversations and they they propel you forward very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and music, you can listen to it over and over. And I like what you're saying with radio because I, I do think you get a lot of culture, uh, cultural knowledge when you listen to the radio. Like, yeah, you know, the ads even can be interesting and just, yeah, the things that they say, there's certain uh, figures of speech and things that might be used on the radio, but also even just the songs that they're going to play. That is a really good point. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely sing along to your favorite songs once you listen to them a few times or, or look up the lyrics um, and and repeat them and learn them. And that will that will help you with your pronunciation. It will give you practice. Um, and it's a fun way to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of taking the passive listening and making it more active. Uh, you can also play games, uh, play video games. I know even just with my kids, um, there's lots of games for, for young kids that you can play, even if they're not in the target language. Well, my kids don't read, so I can say to them whatever I want. Um, yeah. We have a game called Zingo where it's got pictures and it's got the word written in English, like dog, cat. It's like very simple. It's for um, early reading skills. So it's like very yeah. basic words. Um, but, you know, we play it in whatever language we're speaking that day because they can't actually read what the letters are saying yet. Oh, but, right. So, that gets a little harder when your kids actually can say, no, mom, that's his dog. Why are you right. saying chien? Why are you saying pièce? Um, doesn't say that. But I'm sure there's plenty of games that like don't have words. They're just picture-based, and then you can play them in, in any language. Yeah. Um, 
I was in groups with people where we played Scrabble multilingually oh, um, yeah. just because some people said like, hey, your English is so much better than mine, but you know, why can't I use Polish? And it's like, you speak Polish, so let's do both. It's like, okay. Oh, um, fun. So we were doing bilingual Scrabble. Um, so it was, you know, you learn that way, uh, mm -hmm. but it was definitely not like an exercise um, designed to teach you. It was just no. having fun and you pick up things along the way. But yeah, there's so, many games that you can adapt and you just imagine was, the accents if they're not on the Scrabble board. Oh yeah. And um, when I was in, um, when I was teaching at uh, university, when I was teaching Polish, like we, the, 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 the uh, students played Taboo, um, oh. which was, it's such a difficult, uh, in a way it's a very difficult um, game because you're, you're describing words. Yeah. Um, you're describing, you know, what, what you want to say. Um, so it, it, it's an extra level of, a, like it's the next level of advancement. Yeah. Um, to be doing that. And we were just talking before we started recording about different games. So there's like, you know, games you can play with the, you have to make a word with the last letter of the word someone else said. There's all right. sorts of like linguistic games yeah. that you can play without any materials. You can just, you know, if I say cat, then you would have to say a word that starts with T and then yeah. kind of go around a circle. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, this is a very large category play games um i don't even know video games you could maybe speak to more if there's uh, well yeah language video games, it's a great um resource because i've met people who um you know when we were growing up like the the rpg games like the role-playing games um mm -hmm. they're the, these uh the people that make those games they create these big worlds where you can interact with you know maybe hundreds of different people with thousands of lines of dialogue and there's a lot Oh, wow. There used to be a lot more reading involved. Um, these days, maybe a lot of it is voiced and the lines of dialogue don't run into like hundreds of thousands. But um, some of the games that I grew up with were like hundreds of thousands of lines of dialogue in English. So you're sitting there and those games wow. at that point weren't translated. So I've met people and I've done it myself where you're sitting there with a dictionary figuring this out because you love playing this game. Uh, it, it's a great video game. And and these days, like so many games are translated and yeah. if you're playing digital video games, um, you have pretty much access to any of the language. Like you just decide mm -hmm. which language you want to uh, make your video game. So you play it because it's pure fun, because you really enjoy it, but you give yourself the incentive to, to learn more vocabulary, to learn expressions in, in your target language when you switch it. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's really fun. I've definitely done it, and I do it, um, and it's one of my favorite uh, ways to immerse myself. Yeah, I have not played those games, but that sounds like a really great way. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking we should have added apps onto here because, I mean, there's apps for like anything now. And I know uh, at one of the conferences, can't remember which one, um, but with Langfest, uh, which is a, a language festival that happens in Montreal. Mm -hmm. um with um tetsu was pretty well known he was playing oh, yeah. boggle so we would like every day there was like a boggle tournament but it was multilingual so we'd do like one in french one in spanish one in italian one in german um but you can get an app i got an app on my phone because I, I really like boggle just kind of you know finding words in a you guys yeah. all know what boggle is right there's like 16 letters and you have to see how many words you can find on the boggle Board. It's a really basic game, but I found an app 
for specifically in French. Um, oh, that's really great. French Boggle. So yeah, yeah, apps too. There's, I'm sure you can find some really great apps. And for kids, I know that's like a big topic is, you know, which app is good for my kid. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to, what was it? It was the Raising Multilinguals. They have um, interviews with like scholars every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And the person that they just recently interviewed is um, she's done some work with apps and how like what parents think is a great app is not necessarily what your child is going to think is a really fun right. app. So she gave yeah. the example of like this great app to help you practice your Chinese strokes, like the way that you write your character. And like the kids were like, no, I don't want to play yeah, this. No, I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's written some, she's done research and written papers on, on apps and how we need, we can use them for like heritage languages. And it was really, really fascinating. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's a great topic. And like, yeah, the, uh, like how, figuring out how the different apps and the different games engage with your brain or your child's brain and how they um, they have to figure them out or or you know or whether they don't engage with their, right. with their brain, uh, whether they're very passive and, and time wasters mm -hmm. so yeah it's a great uh, but they, they yeah. can be really great and obviously we didn't really mention but it almost goes without saying like change your la like your phone language change your oh my gosh language. I forgot to put that in the notes yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah of but course. The, the, the first thing I've probably done and one of the first things I'm sure you've done. Yes. Oh, my phone's been in French for years and I just had to get a new phone and I immediately the put it in French. Thing. Yeah. But it's because they don't offer Polish. I would have had my Android only offers like Spanish, French, English. What? I forget what, what else, but I, there's no Polish. I am very surprised. I'm offended. I'm going to write to them. I have my phone set to German first and then Polish second and then English third. Like the and whole I, phone, you can change the whole phone. Yeah. Um, okay. and I speak to, I speak to Google assistant in German and in Polish mm -hmm. and it, it recognizes both the way oh, it's nice. set up. You can speak to it in either and it figures it out because it's they bilingual that you had to pick one and you couldn't do both. But now for a while, maybe the last year or so they've, they've uh they made that update where you can you can uh your phone is listens to you bilingually that is um, very cool see yeah. technology is really amazing that's like a whole big category we could keep talking about oh yeah and for parents i've heard many parents say if your kid wants the tablet you know they take the tablet in the home language things like that another thing that uh is really great for immersion is tv movies youtube videos wherever else you're getting some films, you know, from, uh, they're really great just because you're getting visual plus audio all together. And there's just endless, like I just said, in um, the multilingual motivation yeah. episode, there's kind of endless topics um, that you can find, especially with YouTube. Um, yeah. and, and what's really interesting with services like Netflix, which is, you know, super popular, um, mm -hmm. it is global, uh, but it's also region tied. So depending on where you live, you do have access to different uh, to different shows. Yeah, so I've heard you can change your location to like have it yeah. show you shows you want to see. Like I could say I'm in Poland, even if I'm not. Yeah, so there are ways to do that, right? So, um, but but yeah, if you're um, if you can do that, or obviously if you're lucky enough to to be able to travel to that place, you will have completely different shows that will be that will be in your target language. Um, or there will be more in your wow. obviously more in your target language. So um, it, it's a great resource. Mm -hmm.
yeah, there's an endless amount of TV that we could be watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of overwhelming to think about. And I also think that YouTube's closed captioning, the, the subtitles uh, that uh -huh. it creates automatically has improved dramatically as well. Um, so it's really good at recognizing um, speech. So you, so the, yeah. the content creators don't necessarily have to create subtitles. I know that's huge. You have to that turn is... that option on and it will recognize, um, you know, what you're saying. Um, and it might not be very accurate for if multilingual videos, but if you're watching a video in one language and they have the captions turned on, then it should be really accurate. And that mm -hmm. can really help you if you if you want that extra um, support. Support of yeah. Um, yeah, I use it all the time just because it's late at night and I want to like watch something and the kids are oh, sleeping yeah. or whatever. You know, like I don't want to have the volume louder yeah. at all. Especially if it's late, you're not fully engaged. Like your brain is a little more, um, you know, a little tired. So yes, so sure. having that extra support is really good. For sure. And then possibly my favorite. Uh, point is reading, um, read, 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 um, you know, read books, read blogs, read magazines, read um, cookbooks and social media posts and um, any sort of like DIY instruction uh, you need. Um, Wikipedia articles, uh, those are wonderful to read in, mm -hmm. in the target language. Um, and that, you know, as like, it gives you a different sort of um, engagement and so for example for german um Ger you probably know this german has four cases right mm -hmm. um, but people really only use three in speech oh and nice then, um they they don't really use genitive in when speaking they'll say what like, i can't even imagine how do you not well, use the genitive okay what you do is you say you say fun and then you use the accusative oh uh, so so it's really interesting but then in writing you have to so, mm. so you get that exposure. So depending on what language you're, but although it works in all languages, like the informal way of speaking versus the, right. the way of writing, um, you will have, um, yeah, you, you're able to engage with that and learn from that. And obviously because it's written, you can take it at whatever pace you want um, and you look up as much as or as little as you need, but it's, it's also a great like immersion skill to, to see how much you can figure out from context. Like just because you don't understand a word doesn't mean that you cannot figure out what it means more or less. Right, yeah, you don't need to know every single word. I, I was really proud of myself in a way um, because I was, I was reading an article in German this week mm -hmm. and um, there was a phrase in there that I thought, wow, that looks very much like prodigal son. <laughs> and that's exactly, and I looked it up and that's what it meant. Oh, that's uh, so funny. And I figured it out from context. But basically the word is like lost son. Like they they say like mm -hmm. you know, So it's so it's like lost son. Okay, that makes sense in the context that's because like this person like left this band and then they came back. Mm -hmm. so, so it made sense in the context. So you know, do as much of that as you can. Right. Um, yeah, as much as and definitely finding things that interest you and that are maybe a little bit over your level because you can usually read higher than like you can speak, you know, um, you can understand, it's just easier to understand. Same with listening, you know, anyone who's learning a language, you know what I mean? And you can understand yeah. like everything someone says to you and then you're trying to speak and you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. no. um, so yeah. same goes with books. You can definitely read things and you want to read. If you're trying to get better, you do want to read a little bit over your level because you're going to challenge yourself to, and to keep going forward. 
if you only read things that you understand 100% that you already know, you're not really getting anywhere. Yeah, like um, it might be a good review or, uh, you know. Yeah, you could do it for fun. To for sure. cement, uh, cement what you already know. But so right. like I've been reading um, this book of fairy tales in German um, mm -hmm. and it's all the fairy tales I, I've known since I was a kid, you know, mm -hmm. like your uh, very like Western standards. You have your, you know, Cinderella and, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So what's, what's great about that for me is that I can, um, because I know the story, it helps with the understanding. Right. You can focus but, on the language. Yeah. And it helps, like, I can figure out some things. Like, I, you know. I it's different than being completely lost in a new story oh, and yeah. having to figure it's everything out. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't remember how to say wand now, but I did figure it out from context when. I cannot remember that in Polish ever. Like, I know if we've, yeah, like, I've heard you guys say it whenever we have, like, play dates with, like, Mia or anyway. I'm like, I hear it and oh, then I'm like, yeah. oh, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Escapes yeah. me usually. In French, it's so easy. It's baguette, just like the food. Um, but it's baguette magique. Wow, so that like, is a, that's like so stereotypical. That's so it? French. Like, I know. It, does, it doesn't help French stereotypes that they name the, their wands like magical baguette. No, but lots of things are baguettes, like chopsticks. Um, you know, it's just, it's that shape, like anything that kind of yeah. has that shape. Yeah, they're not okay. helping the case. <laughs> no. Um, so what I did want to say is, yeah, reading there's so many levels like you were saying you know there's the most academic paper and then there's like mm -hmm. you know reading the instructions on how to make soup like I used I don't know I still like to just like make sure when I'm making a Polish soup that we get in a bag like okay let me read these instructions oh, yeah. <laughs> make sure yeah. I'm adding enough milliliters of water yes um you know it's short it's like two sentences but yeah. um you know it goes the whole gamut there's so many things you can read that is going to count um, and you know, it doesn't have to be very, you know, it doesn't have to be a book, uh, of 500 pages that you are reading. Yeah. It could be a fun magazine article or a social media post it does all count. And, and even when, even if you are following, which, you know, it's still okay, uh, to be following social media in the language, in like your native language. Um, if, if you have your, you know, your phone or your computer set to your target language, it'll usually now offer to translate it. Oh so gosh. You might as well just translate it into that language. And do you, do you click that button? Um, I, I've, I've only done yeah. it by accident. And then I'm like, what am I doing? No, go back to the original. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that depends like which way I'm translating. So sure. like, I don't want to translate from German to English because I want to look at the German and see if I can figure it out. But then mm -hmm. I might to, to see, you know, what I've missed. Or for example, I was watching a video um, from the Euros. So the, the European mm -hmm. championships are happening now. And there mm -hmm. was uh, a little short clip of a Ukrainian uh, player speaking in Ukrainian um, with German subtitles. Oh. And between the Ukrainian, the, the spoken Ukrainian and the written German, I figured out everything that he said. You know, like some things I understood in one language, but not the other and vice yeah. versa. And that's because, cool. So that was really, that was really fun. Um, yeah. So you can. So if, if you're going um, hardcore immersion, then you need to translate everything on your phone, even your friends posts in your name, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go that far. I'm, I'm definitely not at that level, but <laughs> you can't do it once in a while. You know, if there's something interesting or like if there is, 
a word that you think to yourself, it's like, oh, I wish I want to figure out like how to say that in my TL. In my then you kind of have to trust the yeah. technology. I just don't know if I'm at the trust level with like the translation technology. That is true. Like, I think that's my, my qualm is like, yeah. I don't, tr I still don't trust Google translate, even though it's gotten better. Um, and yeah, I think I just, but it's, it's probably it's, uh, accurate for like one word. If you're just like, yeah. how do you say that one word? Like magic also, wand. <laughs> but it's also gotta be a support and not like, I'll write my essay in English and use Google Translate to submit it to my French teacher. She won't figure it out. Yeah, that's uh, the whole issue I have with Google, but. So, so that's the thing. It's like you're using it as a support. Yeah, I think it's okay with one word, but I still prefer to check a different, like an actual dictionary site, but that's just me. That's just my teacher yeah. in me. Use different sources. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, another yeah. idea is to have play dates with friends. Uh, so this is more for the parents, um, although it's perfectly fine to have playdates with your uh, adult friends as well. <laughs> I just wouldn't call them playdates. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just using the community, um, there could even be, depending on the language, if there's like the library offers some sort of program, um, if there's just, I don't know, there there's lots of, I know, at least for Spanish, there's lots of like ways to get immersed in a group um, and do different things. But if you know even just one other family, um, go up, you know, go and meet with them and just that, you know, having the kids be together is awesome. Having another parent that could talk to your kids in the language is just, it's very helpful. Um, and yes. for me, being a non-native Polish speaker, having all of my Polish friends speak to my kids in Polish is great because they're all natives and I really appreciate that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and obviously like if you, if you can um, join a group or, or just have a, a friend or two that you can speak with, um, you know, as long as they're willing, don't don't be a burden on them, uh, but but try to definitely use that to your full advantage. For sure. Yeah, and play days with like kids are amazing because they they feed on like they feed off of each other's um, you know knowledge and language skills, mm -hmm. um, and they will go back and forth and but then like kind of settle on their like mix or either you know yeah it's a, it's adorable to see and yeah. we've both seen you know my kids and your nephew and niece um yeah yeah so yeah kids can have like an amazing effect on each other so i think that's just not to be ignored not to be uh yeah. understated yeah you know, depending on where you live if the if if your target language is like a minority community language in your area um so even if you like visit parks, um, you know, your kids might meet kids of, that speak your target language and they yeah. can build kids being kids. They might be very willing to just play together. And um, exactly. Yeah. And age is not even a, you know, a factor. I'm trying to think what the age difference is between my son and your nephew, but it's, it's quite a few years and they yeah, are like best sad, buds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, it's not like the kids have to be of the same age to have fun together. Kids are very yes. good about playing. Another one that I really like, but don't do enough of is um, writing in the language um, and especially grocery lists, grocery mm. lists. I've started doing that. I kind of am doing that, but not every time and not yeah. enough. I Me neither, not, yeah. not perfect. My lists are usually like a mix mm. <laughs> of the two. I used to, years ago, I tried to um, take notes bilingually in school, like mm -hmm. when I was still in college. 
um, or when I was an undergrad, I had this silly idea in retrospect to, to okay. take notes and um, write down the shorter word. So, oh, geez. Oh my gosh, your brain must like, have been thinking. <laughs> so, so, so it's not saving me any time, but the idea was that if I can write the shorter word of the two, like I'll spend less time writing and I can <laughs> get through it faster um, when I'm taking notes. But, it, but it's like, that, that's a really high level exercise for your brain. Yeah, seriously. Uh, to and that's not going to work with German like at all. I meant to say during the Scrabble, I've heard jokes that like, how do Germans even play Scrabble? Like how big oh, is yeah. the board? Right. <laughs> Um, the, the propensity of Germans to smash words together to create bigger words. I appreciate how exact, you know, and how like literal sometimes the translations are. I think that's really great. I don't even study German, but I've heard some, mm -hmm. you know, seen some examples explained. Yeah. But yeah, I can't imagine trying well, to. Well, they just have some great words. And, and you've heard this, I'm sure, but like the, there is um, what's important to the language. Well, like there'll be words for what's important to the mm -hmm. language. So like if, if Germany or Austria, they're, they're countries that love their hiking. So they will have many words related to, you know, hiking in the woods and the, mm -hmm. the pleasure of hiking in the woods or, or hiking in the mountains. So like they'll have specific words to express those emotions that you, that you feel or that you experience that other languages might not. Yes. If you don't know, go to the untranslatable. I don't know if it's a website or Instagram page. I'm they're, they're kind of all over, but just untranslatable words, just Google that and you'll find tons of good examples of, yeah, these one word that you would have to explain in like a couple, like a sentence in English, um, yeah. which is really fun. Oh, yeah. My favorite example of that is uh, przepić. Hmm. Do you know that word? I've heard it. Przepić basically means to uh, spend your paycheck or to sell something to get money, to get booze from, and then go. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so that is not giving the best uh, no, view of but Poland. That, just kind of like our baguette magique. Thing, it's the it's the baguette of Poland. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like yeah, you you're not helping your stereotypes. No, unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, and in addition to the writing of you know grocery lists and just you know even a text message to somebody or an email, um, mm -hmm. in a group chat that I'm in. They, someone just told me about the website that's called Journaly. So it's basically just journal with a Y, Journaly. And it's a, it's a community of learners and you write in your non-native languages and people who are natives or advanced will give you comments if you've, there's things you can improve basically. That's really great. Um, so yeah, and it's, I mean, you can also just, I prefer to write like a, just a, a personal diary that I'm not sharing with anyone. I've done that for yeah. years. Um, with French. And I just think it is such a great way to, you know, I've looked back and of course I made tons of errors. I started in like maybe high school, um, but you're, you're getting your, your mind, your whole self just used to like using the language and it mm -hmm. makes you think in the language, kind of forcing you to, to start thinking yeah, um, and just working on all that stuff, you know, all the grammar, all that stuff that it's, it's a more slow and calm way to do it versus mm -hmm. like trying to speak with people you can feel pressure yeah. and keeping up with conversation is hard and to just journal by yourself is it's very um it's a very nice and mm -hmm. easy way to ease into just thinking in the language because nobody's pressuring you you're not responding yeah. to anyone no one's even gonna read it um yeah it was my high school teacher she told us start a journal 
I think she had us hand them in, but she was like, I'm not even going to correct your, your grammar. Yeah. Um, and then I started doing it on my own. But, but the idea was that she wanted students to start doing it. Yeah. Like, start writing, you know, what yeah. did you do today? Yeah. What are you going to do tomorrow? Just real basic. Um, and th those are incredible um, topics to, to practice anyway. And so, so I don't, I, I only do like an hour and a half uh, of German, of speaking German with other people a week. Mm -hmm. So that's not really that much. So I'm, I'm really used to just talking to myself or talking with myself or having conversations yeah. with myself, which is kind of silly and, you know, in one way, but on the other hand, be because you're role-playing with yourself, you are getting ready for these conversations. Like, you know, it's like, where are you from? What do you like to do? You, you <laughs> do that with yourself, like just think of that and answer these questions. And um, mm -hmm. I've so been doing I'm that too in yeah. Italian and I feel so okay. silly and my Italian um, is so basic, but it's like, you know, yeah. what do you want to do? <laughs> what are you doing right now? Yeah, and then um, you, but then you, you know, you do go to the Duolingo events or to your meetups or or yeah. uh, whatever, and somebody says like, "So where are you from?" You know, and then it's like, I know, and you're ready. That. Yeah, it's like, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Um, right. there, there are things that come up, so you can really um, help yourself when you when you do practice those, when you think in in the language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um. You know, we're not even talking specifically about kids yet because my kids are so little, but I mean, writing and getting your kids to write, you know, I'm just not even there yet. I'm trying to think, you know, I see all my friends with older kids who are raising kids multilingually posting stuff. And I just feel bad that I'm not even speaking to it, but it's like my kids don't are learning their alphabet. So like, we're just not there, but there are plenty of things you can do. I just posted something last night um, by what was her, I think it's like multilingual Montessori. Uh, and it was just oh, like yeah. ways to engage in writing over the, the summer holiday, you know, when kids are out of school. Yeah. And so one of her ideas to engage um, with writing stuck with me. It was like, if you're going on vacation, write, have your, um, either you write or have your child write postcards and send them home so that when you get home, they have mail. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then they can like reread their memories. Like, oh my gosh, remember when we were in this place? Yeah. Um, and there's just, I mean, that was like so creative. I was like, wow, I would never have thought to even mm. do that. But there's, there are so many ways um, that you can get. I feel like I'm forgetting to focus on the kids because when we talk about our, our ideal day, like I'm still kind of managing the ship. I'm still controlling what my kids do at like every hour of the day. Yeah. And it's so different when your kids get older and then, you know, they're like able to do things by themselves and have their own friends and go places. So right. I can't even speak to that yet because my kids are so little. So I do apologize parents with older kids if I'm not mm -hmm. speaking directly to that situation because I just don't even know. I am oblivious and ignorant to what yeah. it will be like to have older kids. Still, I had I'll try and keep it in my mind. But yeah. Yeah, have your kids write if you can. Mm -hmm. Help your kid to write, all that good stuff. Like a grocery list, that's a perfect like starting point. Kids usually know all the foods. Yeah. What they want, you can say, "What do you want?" You know, put, write it down on the list write if you down. want it. If you write it down in the minority language, I'll buy it. <laughs> right. Oh, apropos with minority language stuff. Um, so, like, obviously, my kids know how to say, you know, ice cream in Polish, mm -hmm. which is lode. But my mom yeah. taught them in Hebrew just for fun. So she was like, "Oh, do you guys want lida?" And then she gave them glida, which is ice cream. 
Mm-hmm. And then the next time they saw her, they're like, Bop, we want Glida. <laughs> like Aww. they like remember this word. And I'm yeah. like, yes, this is the power of like, yeah. you know, it, real a, concrete learning. That that word is very important to their life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, if yeah. we say Glida to, to our grandma, will she give it to us? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll like, oh yeah, if you write it down, I will buy it at the store. You know, whatever, whatever tactic yeah. you feel comfortable using. Right. <laughs> But just be aware yeah. your shopping list will have candy and ice cream all over Lots it. Lots of candy and chips and yeah, snacks. Um, but you know, once you once you do your grocery list, you also you know cook in your target exactly and find recipes, and that has twofold advantage of getting you to um, you know to engage more with the language and and it's very specific vocabulary, but also uh, depending on the language you you're you're learning, you might want to experience the cuisine of that of, of the place um yeah. so I mean, who doesn't like food right <laughs> and um i mean it's maybe not as uh like if i were learning spanish you know that'd be awesome but with german food like <laughs> what am i gonna how, how many like asparagus soups am i gonna make um I'm not, you're not giving german cuisine enough credit come on <laughs> uh, what, what i'm not doing is uh eating meat and right <laughs> that's limited yeah. by, it's kind of like polish cuisine there's a lot of great vegetarian like things that people don't think of as polish cuisine and it's similar with german yeah you could um, definitely alter some food yeah. so yeah, yeah. much and i are both vegetarian so but, kind of but at yeah, a loss <laughs> but there are some really great like german recipes or like german uh, you know meals that i've that i could make uh that i've looked up recipes for that i that i intend to make um so yeah, it, it's a really fun, fun way to, uh, to immerse yourself. Um, yeah. And this is even more important if it's a heritage language, if it's, you know, a language okay. that you're passing down because that's part of your family's traditions and things like mm-hmm. that. If you have a recipe from maybe your grandmother wrote in, yeah. in the native language, you know, it, whatever it is, um, it's just great to, it's a great way to learn a lot of different words as well. Like stir, sift, I don't know, there, you know, there's very specific yeah vocab when you're yeah. cooking as well Chop, slice dice mm-hmm. i never thought i would <laughs> learn yep. in germany yeah. garnish i don't even know oh, i yeah. don't know how to say that word in any other language but yeah like i'm saying there's yeah. very specific <laughs> terms yes okay so cooking yes could be very fun and with your kid kids love to be in the kitchen they will you know often want to try dishes more if they've had a hand in cooking it or mm-hmm you know, mine are so hungry during dinner prep, they'll start eating the oh, ingredients yeah. before we can even put them in the recipe or in, yeah, into the dish. So yeah. yeah. Cooking really- is fun. Everybody loves cooking and everybody loves eating. So yes, since you have to cook and eat every day, why not do it in your target language? Yeah. And that's kind of like when I was in music school, I remember um, somebody said that, you know, you don't need to practice every day, just practice the days you eat. <laughs> it's like, not that Um, fun Uh, but yeah kind of like you you eat every day you might as well incorporate that into your day Uh, might as well study (laughs) and uh one that uh well much and i are both fans of now we were just talking about it before we started recording is attending like a uh, meetup or a class um and we were talking specifically about the duolingo events that we've both been attending and just comparing because we're doing different languages and i think there's just um so many opportunities i'm really impressed by how many people volunteer their time this is not a paid gig for 
for people who are doing Duolingo events. They just genuinely uh, like to, to meet people and help people. And a lot of them aren't natives. We were talking about that, um, which is fine. You know, I'm a yeah. non-native French teacher and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, right. And it's just interesting. And, you know, you can really find some, some great, some great meetups um, to join. And there's other ways to find meetups, but I think that's a yeah. really easy one. A lot of people are on Duolingo. Yeah. And it's, and it's non like local specific, you know, exactly. you, you don't have to uh, worry about are there people in my area that, that speak this language. You, you'll just yeah. meet people from all around the world. You don't have to leave the comfort yeah. of your house and yes. you can always try it and, and leave if you don't like it. It's just a Zoom call. You just you just exit quietly yeah. and nobody's none the wiser. So Yeah. And, and none of the ones I've been to and I can't imagine that ever really happens, uh, you know, but all, all the ones I've been to have been very friendly and all the people there are very understanding and yeah. people have different levels and, and comfort levels and comfort zones. So not everyone turns on their camera not everyone even has their mic turned on. They might only say hello and you know, introduce themselves, but then just listen. So there are different, uh, different levels of engagement. Yeah. I did have one person who was just like, not, we were in a group of four in a breakout room mm -hmm. and she wasn't really saying anything. It was an Italian one, but yeah. she, every time I spoke, she would just like, correct, like these little words. And I was like, oh. okay. Uh, why don't you speak up then like there's only yeah. four of us why don't you start talking I don't know it was just a little you can't take it personally though and I was just like okay like grazie like thank you for you know helping me yeah um you know some like close yeah. pronunciations between like Spanish and Italian if I pronounce it like a little bit wrong oh yeah, what, yeah. whatever you know I'm I'm a beginner so you just have to have that beginner yeah. mindset like okay I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> thank you for helping me yeah. Um, but that's the only time I've done a lot of events and that was the only time it was just the way she delivered her comment. Mm -hmm. It just was very harsh, but that's, that's a whole nother, oh. that was the only time. So it's not common. An exception maybe. Yeah. And then you, yeah. most of these breakout rooms are not for the hour. They're for like 15 minutes. Yes. So then you get a new set of people and everybody else has been lovely. And that's been my experience is that people have been very, very nice. And, and sometimes there are some people in the beginner classes that I feel like, why are you here? Like, yes. you're definitely a more advanced speaker, um, which can be really great because they could be really helpful, but sometimes people will overwhelm you or they will really overtake the discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, but it's, yeah. it's not. Uh, you have to be aware of that. Beware of the amount of time you're speaking, mm -hmm. whether you're speaking a lot or a little. Um, I think it's just courteous if you're in a group to just be wary. Because there are people that just tend to dominate. I'm one of those people and I have to hold myself back. Um, unless it's a language I don't speak well, then I don't <laughs> tend to dominate. Um, you but try, yeah. but the vocabulary isn't there yet. Yeah, and then I speak Spanish. What is right. the span Spaniolo? Whatever they call Spaniolo. Okay. the mix of Spanish and Italian. And then perhaps most importantly, um, create a routine and a schedule that you can stick to. So you want to make it a goal that is attainable. You don't want to just say like, I will read, you know, um, War and Peace in Russian this month. That will challenge you, but it will not be overwhelming and that you can, that you can do. So, yeah. And you can always add more. You know, it's hard if you start off too enthusiastic and then you, mm -hmm. you don't live up to your ideal goal and then you get discouraged. Yeah. I think it's better to start small, get and that good. win and then add more. Yeah. And, and it's really important for building routines that you don't overwhelm yourself at first. So, you know, right. like your, your, 
your journey to immersion, the too immersive uh, environment might take, like it might not start the next day, it might take a, like weeks or months, um, but you, you want that clear goal in mind um, and you work with that schedule. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be day one, you take a vow not to speak your native language. It doesn't have to be quite so, uh, so radical. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, there are definitely people that do these immersion weekends where they're going to, you know, spend the whole weekend immersed in a target language. And that's great, oh, you know, yeah, especially if you're working Monday to Friday and you can't, you can yeah. dedicate the weekend. Um, but I do think if you're able to just creating a routine where you're immersed for even an hour um, every day, kind of having yeah. that constant contact with the language, constant, uh, what do I want to say? Just constantly having that in your life where you it's it's not even a question anymore like yeah. at this hour every day you know i read this book in this language or i listen to this podcast yeah. or whatever it is you know whatever the routine is if it's driving to work you listen to a podcast in a certain language or taking a walk after dinner talking with a friend whatever it is um just having that kind of set thing it just takes the guesswork out of it you know that you're going to get practice every single day so before we move on to our uh, personal immersion days that we've imagined, I just want to say a little bit about um, just differences. If you are raising kids, uh, if you're an advanced, like a native speaker or even an upper intermediate versus being a low or a novice. Um, so in terms of speaking, if you're advanced, if you're native, um, you should definitely just speak to your child as much as you possibly can, because you are your child's best resource. That was what my guest, um, Lira, in the episode, um, Mama is a Linguist, mm -hmm. she said that really her son, um, who I think is under two, like he is really just watching her. It doesn't matter what else they're doing. Like he's looking to her, looking yeah. for her reaction. So I think if you are at that level where you can speak the entire day, even if you're not doing that now, that could be a great goal to work up to where you're just going to speak and speak and just immerse your child because you are the best resource. Uh, versus if you're a novice or um, a low, like a beginner, then speak as much as you feel comfortable. So if there's certain topics, if there's certain vocabulary, certain phrases that you feel you feel comfortable saying, even if it's just, you're just gonna start with like, Laila Tov, which is good night in Hebrew. You know, even if it's just this one phrase, you can always build off of that um, and say, uh, which is like, Bon appetit. You know, just every day you kind of, every week or whenever you add a new phrase. Um, those are the ones my mom would always say in our house. That's why they're yeah. in my head. Um, what's, what's really funny about that is that you're translating from Hebrew to French so the English speaker could understand. Yes. <laughs> well, what do we say? Enjoy your meal. That always sounds, yeah. I never, I never use that. So those are my just two tips for and learn and get better with your child. So the more you learn, you can just keep incorporating that. Um, so if you, you know, listen to a song together and then you learn it, you can sing it with them. You can kind of keep incorporating more and more parents that want to raise their kids. I think you can still speak to your child as much as you feel comfortable. And just, um, you know, if you're a novice or a beginner speaker that's raising a child in that language, I think you personally have to have the goal of wanting to improve. Yeah. And when you're learning language, um, some of it is similar. Um, 
if you're an advanced or intermediate speaker, like you do want to make sure that you you have contacts with, you know, friends, friends would be best because you're most comfortable with them. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, exchange groups and classes, uh, you just want to speak out loud as much as you can, and you think in the in the language as much as you can. And when you're an advanced speaker, it doesn't take as much of a mental toll on you um, yeah. to do to do a lot of it. So it, it's kind of like, um, it builds on itself. Mm -hmm. So, so that can be really great. And if you're a novice, um, you know, you start speaking when you, when you start feeling comfortable. So when you're by yourself, you start saying, uh, and repeating phrases and, um, you, you do introductory phrases, you know, you learn how to say hello and how are you? And then, um, you can start recording yourself and you can compare that or, um, if you have, say, if there is a, a store nearby where you live, where the person who works there speaks your target language, like even if you say hello to them, if you feel comfortable, you say hello and how are you to them in, in, in your target language and their native language, that's that's already getting you on the path of, uh, mm -hmm. of that immersion and getting yourself started and getting comfortable. And that comfort is very, it's very important. It's hard to become comfortable speaking another language um, from, a psychological standpoint but also yeah. from a physical standpoint like your tongue has to get used to these new ways it has to move and your mouth is making shapes that it's not used to making so um so it's really important that you do that that practice out loud yeah yeah i totally agree even if it's just by yourself you do need to kind of start saying the thing it's it's a whole nother thing to read and to listen but to actually speak because yeah. i think a huge hurdle and I, I think you're so right it can be a mental hurdle so mm -hmm. i really like what you said just, just go out and say it to someone you know if you know someone like if you have a korean grocer and you you're learning korean you know just go in and say like, just get over mm -hmm. your fear like i feel like yeah. you'll just once you break down that first barrier it will seem easier like okay i did it it wasn't scary yeah you know they they were so excited that i said it and they were very nice to me I still remember the first like store clerk that I said something to in English. Like I still rem I have that memory of that interaction. That's so funny. That powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. Um, that barrier, that that idea of like, whoa, I said something and they understood me and they responded. Like, yeah. It's normal because it is, but it's just something you're not used to yet. You're so right. And whenever we go to the Polish store, my husband usually just does the interaction and I walk down the aisles and pick what I want. And the other, maybe a couple months ago, I went by myself and I was like, oh, I have to do all the interaction and, and yeah. ask for the cheese. <laughs> I kept yeah. asking him before I went, I'm like, how do I say like a, a half pound of this? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I said it right. Yeah, um, yeah, you want it to be comfortable, even though like you, you're- I've been there so many times, my Polish is- good but i don't Polish usually have to ask and, yeah. right i i don't usually have to ask for like a half pound of cheese um and i meant to say like um chutego sera like of you know the um yellow cheese like an you know yeah. emmental or something but i said yawego sera and then she was oh. pulling out all the tfaruk and i was like oh no sorry oh, that's yeah. not what i meant like, like your farmer's cheeses and all i was that. like oh yeah. whoops and like yeah like i made a mistake but like it's fine you know like, yeah we were conversing for like 10 minutes and because I was the only customer in the little store. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, getting over that hurdle, I was like, oh my God, I have to do this by myself now. <laughs> yeah. And I've been living in the US for so long. Like I, you know, that's how I order too. But then 
when I went to Poland for the first time in like 12 years, you know, this was like eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was in a store with, with my cousin and she was like, I'll have 20 decagrams of cheese. And I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah. Cheese. We don't even use that. Yeah. No, no. Like Poland is like the only place that uses decagrams as a regular, like everyday interaction. Yeah. Like other countries will use, you know, grams and kilograms, but Poland's like, no, deca. <laughs> it's like 20 deca. It's like, oh, my oh gosh. Yeah. But Whole that's another about a half ounce, so it's the same. Half ounce. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I wanted to just point out, um, because it can be challenging, is reading. So if you, um, if you're raising kids like me and you are able to read, then you should read to your child, obviously, as much as you can, as much as you feel comfortable in the target language. Now, this may mean that you have a lot of books and you're just reading. That's usually the easiest for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, you, if you're if you comfortable translating on the fly, that's really great too, because you're not going to have all of your books probably in that one language, especially if you're a bilingual or multilingual family. Yeah. Um, but if you do feel comfortable, even if you're not translating, you know, perfectly you're not translating word for word if you're able to kind of feel comfortable to tell them the story in the other language I think that's really a great tool um and even if you change it I change it up completely sometimes like we just talk about random things that are on the page it doesn't matter it's the point is that you're giving them input in the language um versus you know the the novice level parent that wants to teach a child a language that they're not yet fluent in I would say get as many books as you can in the target language, even if you're just getting them from the library and practice reading them, you know, even your child's not going to judge you. That is for sure. Your children love you. They don't know you're making mistakes. It's not a class. They're not your teacher. Um, So read as much as you can and get as many books as you can, because you are going to learn so much from that. Your child's going to be absorbing it as well. So it's just a really great bonding experience. Um, and I wanted to put a little shout out to my friend, Sarah, who's on Instagram. She is at um, Chatter Than Nothing. And she is learning her husband's native Indonesian. She's from Australia. Hmm. And she's learned, they're raising their daughter in Indonesian and English, but she's kind of learning it along with her. She has yeah. this like very adorable little baby who's under one. Oh. And she has created her own resources because she's having trouble finding a lot of resources in his mm-hmm. native language. Um, even though, you know, it's not that far from them, Um, but she is so creative and she'll create her own resources. She did all this work, like she was using Google Translate and then she gave her husband this like document that he marked up and then she retyped it and put pages, you know, she would print them out, cut them up. So she made her own bilingual books where she wasn't covering the English. She was just putting the, um, I hope I'm saying it's the right language, Indonesian, um, on the page as well. And then she would, you know, read it to her. She's done all these great things with like the days of the week. And she's just such an inspiration because she's not yet fluent in this language, but she's raising her daughter in it, which is so, so amazing. So shout out to her. That's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Such an influence. Yeah. And I'd say when you're learning a language, um, you know, if you're an advanced or an intermediate speaker, definitely read more books in that language. Um, At that level, you, you know, the, books will offer you a much wider uh, vocabulary than um, movies will, like everyday conversations will. So like, if you want to make that the next step, um, then that's the best way. That's one of the best ways to, to expand your vocabulary. And when you're, you know, if you're a novice, you're a beginner, 
um, start with simple books, start with easy books um, that are at your level or slightly above, like we mentioned, um, mm -hmm. because if it's just slightly above your level, you will still pick up many things from context and then um, you'll be able to look up words that you need uh, that are specific uh, to understanding um, or to, you know, that, that'll help you expand your vocabulary. And you, you don't want to, if you're a beginner, you don't want to start reading, um, you know, I'll use War and Peace again. Although I'm yeah, told Shakespeare. Not like, yeah, oh yeah. You do. If you're learning English and you're even an intermediate speaker, Shakespeare is, um, you'll be looking up words left and right. And also it, yeah. it might not even work very well. It's not well. going to help you. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely, um, read something at, at around your level. And if, if you enjoy it, if you're comfortable with it, like definitely read children's books. Mm -hmm. um, and, and same goes with TV and, and you know, shows and YouTube channels. Um, yeah, totally. If, if you don't get bored by Peppa Pig in the first 10 minutes, like you, it, it's a toddler level language. Um, so if, if you're a total beginner, like just beginning, then that would be the level you're shooting for. But but it might not be, you know, so you might watch some of it and you might get bored of it really quickly, but, um, but it will help. But yeah, but with this is why yeah. it's great to have kids because you can watch yeah. the TV with them <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm not just watching Bing on my own. I'm watching it with my yeah. kids. <laughs> and you're reading with them. And I was, I was reading um, Cinderella in German this week, like I mentioned, and, mm -hmm. and my nephew wanted me to, to read to him and like, I'm reading this in German and I'm trying to understand. So I was translating it on the fly. Wow. That's good I'm, practice too. I'm used to translating between Polish and, and English. That's no issue for me. Um, right. Just on the fly, whatever one language to the, to the other. But, um, but yeah, that was the first time I, I had to do it from, uh, from German to English, which, which I could do. If I had to do it from English to German, that would be a lot more difficult. Yeah, for sure. No, it's always easier going into a language, yeah. either your native language or a language you're fluent in. But yeah, yeah, don't judge yourself if you're, you know, reading slowly, if you're looking up words, that is so, so normal. And oh, yeah. that's normal, even at the advanced level. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. <laughs> I have to look up words sometimes in all my languages. So, yeah. So since I've started uh, a much more intense immersion which which has only been a few weeks now maybe maybe four four weeks or so um there have been some things i've definitely noticed uh so i've been studying german on and off for well years really um but i never really left that beginner level um so i decided to to immerse myself and what i've noticed is that one of the first things i noticed was that i don't get language fatigue so fast anymore so at first i would listen to to german for 10 minutes and I was done. I could not concentrate any longer. My head was completely tired. I, I was, it was ready to explode. It was just, it was too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, and so at first I was listening to like maybe 10 minutes at a time at most during the day. Um, but, but now I'm able to listen to, to a lot, uh, a lot more without, without that, um, without getting tired and my comprehension exploded. Um, so I've studied enough that I've, I know a lot of words, like I know a lot of words passively, like I've learned them. So they're somewhere mm -hmm. in my head, but to, to actually start hearing them and to be able to pick them up, um, in spoken, like in spoken German. Um, and at first I would understand 
even if I'm listening to a beginner podcast, it would be like, I'd understand one or two words here and there. Uh, and then I started understanding sentences at a time, and then I was able to follow the conversation. So, so that really exploded quite quickly. Um, and that helped not just the overall com comprehension, but or that overall com comprehension then helped to pick up things from context. So even if I don't mm -hmm. quite understand everything that's said, but once you reach that certain threshold, you start to understand all of it, even if you don't know everything that's being said. Yeah. Um, one of the more fun things is that I'm absolutely a master of directions in German now. I've been using Google Maps in German, so I know I can, you know, lead uh, an expedition now. I know my lefts from rights and, you know, do, That's do, like, like how far to travel and then go straight and, go, mm -hmm. you know, so, and then turn left after like a thousand feet or, you know, so, so that's really great too. Do they pronounce things like well? I don't know. I feel like it just annoys me sometimes with the French. I yeah. just turned off the sound. No, I like I, all the names, like the, like the English know. names of yeah, because I'm still living in the U.S. No, it's really it's really um, fine, and I, if anything, I do enjoy it. Um, oh, with a German accent. You know, we were talking about how technology has gotten so much better. So yeah. my phone is always in French because that's mm -hmm. the option. I don't have Polish option. Yeah. Um, but my my car. So if I plug my phone into my car, it's in French. Mm -hmm. But um. It like I if I get a, a text message from a friend, um, and it'll like read it, and you know how your oh, yeah. car can like read out, so you don't have to look at your phone. That new technology, yeah, yeah. um, it'll read out. You know, this person said, but like they, the whole thing oh, that they right. say is like in a French accent. They're like, Jenny said, <laughs> and then, or Jenny oh. Adi. Actually, they say it in French, Jenny Adi, and then they read the message. Um, oh, but I yeah. got I'm in these groups, these like, uh, Telegram language groups mm -hmm. and I was getting a bunch of messages for um one of the groups so I was like okay just, let's just see what happens because it was from the Italian group and I was like oh, let me hear Italian read by a French person oh, okay yeah but it switched over to Italian oh, and it like it read it really like perfect Italian I was like oh cool so yeah. like I was in my car and it was like reading this long Italian message and I was like yeah. oh my god that's amazing that my car just like yeah I don't know I don't know what what, how that either. technology works but yeah. i was like shocked that it read yeah. it in italian yeah some software update happened yes, in the cool. background when you were in looking probably oh that's really great yeah mm -hmm. so that that helps you it gives you another tool um totally in your in your arsenal yeah yeah and, so that was fun <laughs> discovery oh yeah and the the one thing i want to add is that even though like i've it, it's been you know pretty incredible so far like there will be plateaus and there always are yeah. um so it's really important not to get discouraged and and to keep working hard because those are normal um and everybody experiences them and goes through them um yep and then, <laughs> so true and then when it, you feel like you're never getting better again all of a sudden you're gonna explode again and you'll get you know you'll jump to that next plateau very quickly mm -hmm. um so so it's really important that you're, you know, you're aware of that and you're prepared for it. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard for us to judge our own um, improvement just because that is true. We're, yeah. we're with ourselves all the time. Like we don't notice how much we've improved. Gradual, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's such a gradual process. It's not like yeah. you listen to six podcast episodes and you wake up the next day speaking yeah. perfectly. Yeah. It's kind of like, you don't notice your kids growing. 
Same. Yeah. You look at a picture of them from, you know, four months ago and you're like, oh my goodness. Look how much you've grown. Yeah. But that's why I was going to say it's so important. Um, Somebody else mentioned this and I'm just stealing it that like you record yourself speaking so that, you know, in a month, like even if you just recorded yourself and you didn't share it, you just kept it on your phone. Um, Maybe like at the end of each month or the beginning of each month, you just kind of record something. Um, You'll see so much progress when you go back and look at, you know, those videos, however, or even if you just do it once every six months, you know, you'll see this huge um, yeah. this huge jump in your in your level and your confidence and your fluency um so yeah, yeah i think that's a really great point and, and a just, really great tip for i mean that is if you keep working if you drop the language completely you might not see any <laughs> progress but, you will see regression yeah. yeah that also is possible yeah okay before we move on here's a rapid fire recap of all the different things you can do number one Speak in the language, whether you're speaking to a child, speaking just out loud to yourself, recording yourself, just thinking in the language, you have to start actually speaking it. Listen to lots of music, the radio, any resource you can get. Three, sing along to your favorite songs, maybe learn the lyrics by heart, but again, you're going to work on your pronunciation when you're singing out loud. Four, play games, play video games, change uh, the language of your phone or all your technology, get some apps, kind of all that technological stuff. Five, watch TV, watch movies, watch YouTube videos, watch whatever sort of entertainment that you can get where it's audio and visual together. Six, read, read books, blogs, magazines, articles, social media posts, recipes, whatever it is that you're interested in. Do lots and lots of reading in the language. Seven, play dates with friends or just hang out with your friends that speak that language. Eight, write a grocery list in the language. Write maybe a diary post, um, a letter to somebody. Uh, Maybe even write your own website, write your own social media post, something. Just get yourself writing in language. Nine, cook with the recipe. Uh, Maybe a recipe that you found, maybe a recipe that your grandmother wrote, whatever it is. Um, but cooking is a great way to read and then put it into action. And then you'll have some delicious food afterwards. You can also, number 10, attend a class or a speaking meetup or a free Duolingo event. There are lots of ways to be social with other people using your target language, even without leaving your own home now, uh, because we have Zoom and all sorts of good technology where we don't have to actually go anywhere. And it's very low stakes. You can just leave if you don't want to be there. And 11, create a schedule or a routine that you can stick to because all of these tips are great, but if you burn out or if you're doing things that you don't really want to do, you just think you have to do, then you're not going to stick to it. So for example, if I think I have to be doing drills on Polish cases, I'm not going to stick to it because I just don't like to do that all day. I'd rather read or watch TV or watch a movie. So those are the 11 tips that you should be doing. Okay, now we're going to wrap up this episode. Hopefully it hasn't been too long. We're going to wrap it up with a quick uh, day in the life of uh, Marcin and I. So I will be talking as a mom with two kids, uh, immersing myself in Polish as my non-native language that I speak with my kids. So quick rapid fire. Um, In the morning, I will get up. And this is idealized, by the way. Although I shouldn't say (laughs) some things do happen, but I'm going to give you all the immersion that is possible. 
get up and start thinking to myself in Polish. Uh, usually my kids wake me, so I'm probably going to start speaking out loud in Polish because <laughs> that's real life. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and of course, talk to my kids, my husband. So this all happens. Um, put on some music or radio in Polish. I don't usually, I usually put on NPR. Uh, mm -hmm. Need to get back to my Polish radio. Uh, while we're making breakfast, read something. So sometimes I have a magazine. Um, I don't usually like to be on my phone right at, you know, when I get up, but you could, you could read something, a website or whatever. Um, definitely read some books to my kids, maybe after breakfast, we can kind of sit down. Uh, so even if I'm translating, like I mentioned earlier, just, you know, either a book in Polish or a translation, uh, playing some games with my kids, obviously playing in Polish and then going outside talking about what we're doing, what we're seeing around us, just kind of being, giving them a full Polish morning. Uh, in the afternoon, they take naps. So before they go down, I would sing them. Uh, I usually sing more to my daughter. My son just kind of reads himself to sleep, but um, sing her a lullaby in Polish. Uh, then I myself would have my, my personal time. So I would either read, uh, or maybe watch some YouTube videos or write something. Uh, this is my idealized that never happens. <laughs> Look up a recipe in Polish and make it for dinner. That never happens. Um, so in my ideal world, I would make my husband some great Polish dish. Sorry, honey, that's never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> then um, obviously when my husband gets home, we would all sit down, have dinner, talk. Um, then, you know, maybe attend a Duolingo event or some other speaking meeting. Again, that never happens because all the Duolingo events for Polish are held by Polish people living in Poland and they're all sleeping during my evening. Yeah. But hey, yeah. maybe someone in Chicago will start one. Hopefully. If you're listening from Chicago, please start one. Please start one. Start one. <laughs> uh, and then I would read or watch another YouTube video. I just, yeah, those are like pretty much the ways that I could get some more Polish into my day. And actually a lot of those are things that I do. I guess I just need to start making more Polish dinners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Polish dinner every day, not just for Easter and Christmas. Not just on Sunday. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just uh, ma making um, rosu on Sunday. Every oh Sunday. <laughs> so the the way I prep my notes is that I wrote down what I do, and then I wrote down what I would love to add or what would be more ideal. So mm -hmm. when right after I wake up, and I usually wake up long before these days for whatever reason I, I started waking up uh, long before my alarm clock so I have a lot extra time in the morning um, so I'm on my phone right away um, as you know in, in opposition to what you're doing <laughs> like I'm on my phone right away. well I've got little um, eyes watching me and I don't want them true. to just see you me want that. Yeah. staring at my phone yeah yeah so and because my phone is in German and the, the Google discovery just throws articles that it thinks you'll be interested in and wow. I, you know one two maybe three of them um and then i've noticed that like when i first started i was every sentence i was looking up words mm -hmm. and now you know i look up less words and i'm able to understand a lot more which is really great so i can maybe read one more article now than i than i did at first but yeah that's um that's before i get out of bed uh but then as i as i do my morning routine i um I try to think in German, but that's that's also a more ideal thing. Like add more of that. But on my mm -hmm. way to work, on my commute, uh, it takes me about 30 minutes to commute to work. So that's a fair amount of time. Uh, so I usually spend it about 
maybe half and half or uh, like one third to two thirds um, listening to German podcasts and listening to music in German. Um, so I really, I've been doing that every like five days a week now. Um, That's great. Like definitely every, you know, every morning um, I listen to, to podcasts and I've, I'm finding more and more podcasts in German, like more things that are interesting to me. Um, not just language learning, although I, mm -hmm. most of what I listen to is still language learning. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so, so that's been really great. And then I, I found a, a band recently that I really, that I really got into. Um, so they have a few albums so I can, you know, uh, there's a fair amount there that I listen to and, um, and the way like they, they sing, even though it's still like heavy, relatively heavy, like hard rock or heavy mm -hmm. metal, uh, the, the singing is very clear. Um, even though the singer has a very raspy voice, like it's very, it's very clear and, and relatively easy to understand. Mm -hmm. um, so then I'm at work, at work on, you know, unfortunately I don't work in German. Um, yeah. But during lunch, I, I usually now bring a, a German book with me, um, mostly kids books still. But, but as I said, I do enjoy them and um, they do provide a great opportunity for learning uh, mm -hmm. vocabulary and it's slightly above my level. And then on the way home, it's more of the same, more podcasts, more music, um, maybe more music than podcasts on the way home because it's, you know, a long day. And I'm yeah, like, um, so I have to stop you. You have to yeah. bring a book to the library. They don't have books in German at your library. Well, so all the books that I have, are from the library. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I own maybe like one or two or three books in German that mm -hmm. are not libraries books, but yeah, all the li all the books I have, but I take them home because I read them at home. So then you're I'll, okay. You're in the process of then reading. I bring them back to work, but yeah, but, but if I don't, I do have books at the library that I can, you could probably uh, just go uh, grab one off the yeah, shelf. <laughs> I, can. I can, we do have, we, uh, I'm lucky enough that we have not a big section, um, but we do have a, a German section. So mm -hmm. there are, um, you know, more books than I've read. So it, it works for me. Um, for now. Yeah. <laughs> Once I make, yeah, well. Once you read all of them, you'll I'll, be doing the interlibrary loan. Yes. And it'll be great. It, it, mm -hmm. It'll be awesome if I get to that level. But anyway, uh, sometimes I'll do Duolingo like during my lunch break at work, uh, like during my lunch break at work, not while I'm working. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I might do it in the evening. Um, and I've been doing a little more of it than I used to do as well. And then in the evening, I'll watch uh, either Netflix or uh, increasingly Twitch um, in German. Um, and what's what's really interesting about that is that you know Netflix is TV shows and movies, so it's it's just made for that. But Twitch is people just streaming themselves, um, you know, playing games or making music or just or just chatting. Uh, mm -hmm. Literally, just chatting is like probably the, the most popular like. Thing on Twitch these days, mm. um, so I can listen to natives speak a natural, like a natural language, as opposed to podcasts, which, especially for learners, you know, they'll be they'll be made with that in mind to speak more slowly, to right. to, um, to to you know to make it more understandable for for uh, language learners. Mm. But yeah, with Twitch, it's I'm you know I don't understand most of what's going on. Well, I understand what's going on, but the what they say. Like I might not un understand a lot of what they say, especially if yeah. somebody's speaking in their natural, you know, fast uh, speaking rhythm. Um, mm. And then I do 
uh, one, like really just one Duolingo event a week and it's an hour and a half long, uh, which is great that it's an hour and a half and I'd like 30 minutes, but um, ideally I'd like to do more of that and especially uh, in person if I you know, had German friends that I could talk to or, or go to meetings more often with people yeah. in real life, uh, not just Zoom, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, and if I didn't just talk to myself all the time. Um, and then I do have one exercise book for third grade German, um, oh. which I've, I've done about half of it, but I don't do it regularly. So I'd like to do more of that and, and maybe even do a more disciplined and methodical approach where I do tackle specific issues that I do have. Um, you know, like at, at this point, I'm, I'm at a level where I do want to look into grammar more because mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not someone who looks at grammar right away. Like I yeah. don't think it's not helpful. Do it right away, you know? <laughs> yeah. But now I'm at a level where it is. So I could, you know, that would, like having a more methodical approach would help more with that and and even getting uh, a private tutor. Like that would be mm -hmm. really ideal um, as a teacher, but then obviously be more uh, just know more people that I could practice the language with. Um, yeah. and it's funny you brought up the textbook because today um our friend Marissa, multilingual Marissa on Instagram posted a meme that she created that was like, mm -hmm. oh, you speak all these languages. Like your friends are all impressed and you're like, yeah. here's me, like with like the duvet over your head, the cover over your oh, head. Yeah. Like I've never finished a textbook in my life. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so true. We have like, how many yeah. of us have half finished, yeah. never started textbooks on our, on our bookcases? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I, I do some like grossly grocery lists in in my in German, but yeah, I, I'd like to do it more regularly. And then as as we've mentioned during the episode, like do more cooking. But uh, one last thing that I would love to be able to do if I especially if I live like in Boston again or places that are more tourist friendly uh, is to to have couch surfers again, because uh, when I lived in Boston, I did host a, a couple couch surfers. Uh, they're actually both Polish, but they were, it was a really great experience. And when I've traveled, I've couch surfed for a bit and I really enjoy that experience. So, so mm -hmm. I ideally, if I were able to have couch surfers um, and, you know, more ideally from, from German speaking countries, but obviously any, um, just having couch surfers over yeah. no matter where they come from, but yeah, uh, that would be like a really ideal immersion for me um, mm -hmm. to be doing that. That's great. And this is a random question, but I don't know, is it hard to practice German? Because I feel like German speakers speak such good English. Every single German speaker I've ever met. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I met one German speaker who did not speak good English and who was not good at speaking um, oh. German. So, but that was actually ironically in Gdańsk. It was this older gentleman who mm. like randomly asked if we wanted him to take a photo of us because we were like, doing selfies with <laughs> we're millennials we enjoy yeah. that but we were like oh yeah sure that's fine and then he would just like rapid fire german and none of us spoke it at that point oh, gosh. i just could not understand him yeah but i did meet one person in austria that was uh oh that, that was the like my first great german experience was that we had like a 15 minute conversation on a on a cable car mm. um it was just the two of us it was a small cable car and he was a uh, he was an instructor in, um, you know, um, uh, what you want to call it, para parachuting or paragliding. Wow. Um, so, and he he didn't speak English uh, pretty much at all. So we spoke in German, and that was great. But yeah, um, 
I know some people not well, but I do know some people who speak German. Uh, like Ger there are some German uh, immigrants living in, you know, in the Amherst area. So they do sometimes come to the mm -hmm. library. Um, but since the library was closed for the last 15 months, you know, I haven't seen them. But one of them did come in uh, Monday, which was the first day we were open again. Um, oh. So I, I, I said nice. to her that I've I've been wanting to practice more German. So she started speaking German to me. And I was like, all right, here That's I good. am. Yes. I'll, I'll to live up to this, uh, you know. You've said goal. it. So yeah. I, I said I would do it. So I have to. So yeah. So we spoke a little bit in German. Um, That's so, great. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll be able to do it more. But yeah, there are more people than I thought. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not friends with any of them. I just know them through the library when they come in. Yeah, but this is a good point. It's like we have to kind of get out of our bubble if we want mm -hmm. to find people yeah. and start talking with people. And I know there's, I think there's like some websites and apps that are trying to connect uh, bilingual families. Um, yeah. I have to remember the name of this one I'm part of, but it's the idea is to like have this database where you could be like, who, you know, who oh, else yeah. speaks this language in this city I live in yeah. and then find another family to, to meet up with. Oh yeah, and as that would be like for play dates, you know. Exactly. The ideal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think we covered a lot about immersion, and I hope yeah. everybody feels very well immersed in this topic. <laughs> so we. we <laughs> no pun intended. You, yes, we hope you really enjoyed this very uh, immersive discussion. Yes, deep dive into immersion yeah. and. Um, if you think of anything that we forgot, you can let us know. Uh, you can email at tfibpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram. I am at the future is bilingual. I, I just have a personal account. I comment on Heather's account sometimes, so you might see me there. Sounds good. All right, everyone, take care and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this discussion that Martin and I had about creating an immersive environment. I hope that we gave you some good things to think about, some things to try out, with, whether for yourself or for your kids or for your whole family. And despite how long this episode was, I'm sure we've missed points and we forgot to talk about things, or maybe we just don't know about things that would work. So if you have something that you'd like to share, please come find me. I am at the future is bilingual on Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, you can send me an email at tfibpodcast at gmail.com and I can share it out to the community um, through my Instagram if you're not on there. So please let us know if you have something you want to share, if you have a different thing that works for your family. We would love to just spread good ideas. Uh, and we really thank you guys for tuning in and listening today. And we will be back with more episodes in the fall. So take care. Have a great summer, everyone. Stay well.